podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. The oh, that sounds very Radio Four. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the five-year plan Christmas Eve podcast. Ooh, we got the wait. jingle at the front and everything. Uh, Merry Christmas to Merry all Christmas. our listeners. Um, I'm Jim Daly, of course. Joining me is uh, Jesse Boyce. Good evening, JD. Again, very Radio Four. Love it. How are you? I'm good. I'm sort of in the Christmas mood. Yeah. Do you like Christmas? Yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of growing on me. It sort of comes and goes. <laughs> I've got a rule, I've got a thing. I don't like December, but I like Christmas. Okay, that's unfortunately fair. they're sort of yeah. Unfortunately, not, you don't get one without the no. other. So, um, and also back, it's the athletics. Don Firefield. Hello. Do you like Christmas? I do. I love it. You're wearing quite a Christmassy jumper. Actually. I thought that was. I, I thought that was standard issue. I thought that was, clearly didn't, people didn't get the memo. No. <laughs> um, it's, I nearly did. I nearly bought one from ASDA today, um, but they didn't have any. So I would have been with you if uh, Asda in well, Aylesbury in spirit, sold. In spirit. Yeah, I'm there in spirit. Um, so we've got a bit of admin to get through at the top of the pod, as per. Um, first of all, I want to mention our Christmas special podcast, where we had Joel Ward come Brilliant. on the pod a few weeks ago. Really what, good. What an absolute legend. Yeah, yeah. Just really, really good. Top man. So that was our Christmas special. It was out a few weeks, weeks ago. Um, so check that out if you're in the Christmas mood and you've got nothing to do in between all that turkey. Um, <laughs> reviews. Are you ready for a review? We started asking people to do reviews in the style of FY, in the style of Crystal Palace players, and the best one will get a set of FYP badges. And this week's winner is WR nine one four nine. They need need a new name, really, don't they? <laughs> and their review goes as follows: FYP, FYP. <laughs> this is good. FYP's delivery is as smooth as Attilio Lombardo's bald head. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah good start. Yeah, bit of a paint. And crucially. Always clears the first man at corners. I'll take that. <laughs> Yet its content is nearly as meaty as Neil Shipley's local pie shop. I'm not sure we can talk about that. wonder where that was going. <laughs> and packs a punch akin to Clint Hill exiting the pitch at Hillsborough. Oh, yes. Right. Simply no, the best football podcast available. Hashtag Jim Daly for PM. Lovely. I mean, flattery will get you literally everywhere. And Would it's you got... take that job? Um, I'll give it a go. I think I'll give it a go. Yeah. Okay. I'd be, I think I'd... Probably last shorter than Frank de Boer. Um, <laughs> James Wright from Bournemouth, you've got some FYP badges heading your way. Thank you for that review. And if you leave us a five-star review, I mean, or any stars, but ideally five-star, um, on iTunes, like James has there, or in the style of a Crystal Palace player, past or present, you could get some FYP badges. Are you ready for a shout-out to a random patron? Can't wait. Can we get, can we get a drum roll? Oh, that's... Well, that's a good drummer. Um, Candle Tom, almost went then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I moved that out of the way earlier. Um, Tom Cowan. Tom. There you go. Shout out to Tom Cowan. And you can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FIP podcast. And last bit of admin, uh, the live pod that we're doing, Febru- February, January, uh, Friday the 17th, at the Streatham Space Project, not Streatham Space Centre, as Rob called it, which is something very different. Um, there are 20 tickets left. Oh, wow. perfect Christmas and present. Exactly, exactly. Um, capacity is 120, so not many left at all. Let's try and sell those out before um, before the live pod. You can get those at eventbrite.co.uk or on all our social platforms. 
Shall we talk about Palace? Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, no, before we do, um, so uh, it's obviously it's our Christmas pod. We are literally here supping mild, mild wine um, as we do it. And I asked our followers for their hashtag CPFC Xmas Palace themed Christmas players. Um, do you want to hear some of the best slash worst? <laughs> and I put something now and do some at the start part three as well. Um, so Jim Piddock has uh, sent us Partridge Van Arnholt. Mm, yeah. Left field, yeah. Okay, so yeah. A new start. approach. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rashid Hard. Rashid. Careful. Harcoke, the Herald Angels sing. <laughs> 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 okay, no, okay. Um, Ricky, Ricky has sent us Max Murr. Dom's taking the microphone out now. <laughs> Bearded Eagle has sent Tur Coyote. No, okay. James, at James is the name, has put Ding Dong Sean Derrily on high. Yeah, it's getting like there. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're warming up. Bearded Eagle again has put Tiny Tim Fossey Mensa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then do you want to hear Kevin Day's suggestion? Of course, yeah. Deck fits the hall with bowels of holly and a pardew in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> and then James Endicott has gone with Away in a Main Jerry Francis. Okay, ten years. Got any more? Any? Do you boys got any? I, I made a list. Mm. They're all awful. <laughs> but your one was the best one. Uh, sent earlier today. It's Zach. It's Zahark. The Herald Angels sing. Oh, so I, I like Mam- Mamadou. Oh, Mamadou sack ho ho ho. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, that's that was great. Yeah. Mum were awful. What's your list? Come on, you're going to have to read one out now. <laughs> They're really bad. <laughs> Worse than the ones I just read out. Craig Froster. <laughs> yeah. I okay. Quite, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Peter St Nicholas. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tradi- traditional. Christmas Benteke. Ho, 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 Han, Kabai. He's a good. I'll take that. David White Christmas. Good. Very good. Ding Dong Rogers. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, good. it's working. Noel Whelan. <laughs> <laughs> good. I mean, that's just his oh, name. I'll get my coat. I've got, I got a few others as well. I found this one that we did years ago, which has got someone. It made a whole team. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah, trap a like lot like one. Christmas. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the best thing he's ever done for Palace. <laughs> what about Johnny Parr? Rum pum pum pum. <laughs> wow. Okay. So let's, do you know what? We'll do some more of those. So out of my depth. Um, let's, <laughs> let's crack on with. Start there. It can only get better. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I've done. I've actually saved the best one for, um, for part three. Um, <laughs> right. One nil defeat them up at Newcastle. <laughs> It always seems to be one nil up at St James's Park between Palace and Newcastle. I was watching on a stream from home because I've got a baby, so I've got a good excuse now. And I remember at the time thinking, "This is a we've we've played terrible today. This is not good." And I must not have been concentrating because everyone else seemed to think that we actually played quite well and deserved to get something from the game apart from that late sucker punch. Yeah, it sounded like a typical Palace Newcastle game at St James's Park. Um, two teams who haven't created very many opportunities this season. I think the worst two in the Premier League, possibly. Mm. Um, so we didn't expect a sort of lavish show of um, d- demonstration of football, particularly. And, and it did sound as if Palace had the better of the play, generally speaking. Um, but. The same old problems creeping into into the play. If you don't have a finisher in the side, you run the risk of getting caught sucker punch at the end. And when you're playing a team, you know, with Andy Carroll in there, who's going to you know create problems in the air, then that knockdown falls to a player that's typically never scored for them in 27 games, and he goes and puts it away. But I don't know. I looked. I, it sounded frustrating, and Roy Hodgson was certainly frustrated post match. But it's it's not as if the the game has thrown up new issues with all, all the problems that we that he spoke about post match, and that the you know the fans were were griping about online um, are familiar problems, and then they're problems that won't be addressed or can't be addressed until January, particularly given the uh, the problems we've got at the moment with injuries. Yeah. Well, it was a patched up team in a way but it does feel like the same old issues and we, we probably should acknowledge that Newcastle have done very well recently under Steve Bruce mm. yeah, and they had their own injury problems as well exactly yeah, and up yeah. to ninth actually now with that win so they are I, I thought they were sort of in the relegation zone but they're doing very well but it does I mean I feel like you could take this part of the pod and probably slot it into part one of a lot of pods we've done this season because mm. it does feel like mm. same old ground doesn't it yeah, I wasn't expecting more than a draw. I, th- I was happy with the draw before game, if I was honest, just based on their form and being realistic about what we're capable of at the moment. Um, I, I saw the highlights. I thought 
the first thing that caught my eye was Dubrovka. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Thought he sort of almost put in a Gaeta-esque performance. He was just where he needed to be mm. um, and just made some decent saves uh, to snuff us out when we did hit the target. Um, and I thought it was good to see PVA back. I think he um, he clearly wasn't on top um, fitness, but just to see Jimmy Mack, PVA, Wilf linking up—they're just—they're just so in the groove mm-hmm. as first choice players. You just notice when one of you know something's you can't if you don't have first choice players on one side, and one's missed like we saw last week with Gyro, there is something missing. So, so it was good to see PVA play that first time ball into Macarthur and just put him through for that. Again, good save by Dubrovka. So there were some slightly bright spots. I think an interesting thing that I picked up on was McCarthy because I think it was his first 90 minutes for us. Uh, yeah, it probably would have been. Yeah, he didn't last the whole match at West Ham when he made his first start. So, yeah, that would that would have been. I wasn't sure because, um, yeah, I saw an interview afterwards and they said it and I thought, yeah, there must be his yeah. first Barring maybe match. Colchester possibly in the League Cup. But I mean, yeah. that game doesn't count. Yeah, we don't count that. We forgot about that. So... <laughs> So yeah, so Almiron, I know it's his first goal, and he, before the game wasn't a perceived threat. So it might be this might be a bit harsh on McCarthy, but I noticed that McCarthy was either in three three or four instances, he was either um, sort of pointing at someone else to pick him up, or was ball watching. And you'll see it if you look watch the highlights. Highlights you'll see it. So the, remember, Almiron had a shot in the first half. Mm. And that was because. He'd got in behind the midfield, and McCarthy just pointed at him and looked at, looked at the centre backs and didn't track his run. So by the, by the time he did get back, he got cut inside and he unleashed the shot. And then I saw he did get in a couple of interceptions, but like he, but he stopped a Shelby shot, mm-hmm. and then Lejeune is it got yeah. a shot off. And it was sort of like he'd won, he'd stopped the Shelby shooting, then sort of backed off. So he's, he's you know he's not played a full game yet, so he's still getting in tune, but. For someone who is we're relying on now, we're playing second fiddle. We're relying on these players to step in and do a job. They're not in tune. They're not match fear. They're not played nine minutes. So, so we really are struggling now. And so, that kind of brings you on to the goal. Um, again, I think McCarthy was sort of slightly kept occupied by Shelby on the edge of the box. But as soon as that ball's gone to the back post to Carroll, he's looked and saw uh, Almiron in the middle and just pointed at. Him. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And by the, by the time he's put it in the net, it's Luca and McCarthy pointing at each other. So it's just where we're at. We're just real bare bones. And I think I think we'll come on to this. But when Roy said he he was pretty harsh on Mayer in the press conference, he said, well, if it would have been uh, asking a lot of Max to do any more than what was already being done on the pitch. But everyone's having to play 90 minutes mm. and they're not all first choice players. It's like we do need to freshen it up just to give us a break. That running, uh, that pointing uh, for someone else to, to do pick up the man is exactly what I do on Sunday. <laughs> my Sunday team wanted that is stock Sunday league um, approach. But is that going to be the case when you've got players that aren't playing very often and then they're asked to come in, you know, into the, the thick of these games in Christmas and do roles that other players maybe have been doing more regularly in that position? You are, they are going to get caught out of time, aren't they? Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine so. There'll be a rustiness there. And as a unit, you... Yeah, you learn how your your teammates play and in which areas they play through familiarity. So yeah. if if James McCarthy hasn't played particularly with Luca and he did step in for Luca at West Ham and mm-hmm. Luca was suspended, then I guess yeah, that, that there was a certain amount of adjustment to be made there. I mean Luca was the Luca's the deepest lying of those midfielders and if Almiron's the playing at sort of the tip of a midfield diamond mm. pretty much, then you'd imagine that Lucas should have been the man picking him up. But again, it's maybe it's a communication issue. Maybe it's just learning what type of runs and what type of discipline a teammate has. But I, I look at McCarthy. McCarthy's been, he's warranted uh, a start for some time. He, I, I thought when he came on, even against Brighton, he, I thought he, he wasn't playing in a position that he was comfortable with, uh, and, but he, he did a job there. He's, he's, he's done a job virtually every time he's come on. He's, he's added a bit more aggression and spikiness to the midfield. So I was quite pleased that he started that match. Um, and for an away game, it wasn't a surprise that, that Roy Hodgson went with McCarthy rather than mm. Max Meyer. I mean, just, just because of the way Roy is and the way he wants his team to... To play and, and the, the very fact that we had a central midfielder playing at centre half yeah, yeah. behind him, who yeah. wasn't he wasn't fully fit either. He's, yeah, 
you know, had a knock going into the game and would, you know, normally he would have sat it out had we had any fit centre-halves uh, to play alongside James Tompkins. And, you know, that's what Kiyate would have sat out. But, you know, we're having to rely on these people at the moment. We are suffering, aren't we, with this, this, yeah, but this injury thing? It it's, is. it's freakish in, to a certain extent, but it's also, you've got the oldest, one of the oldest squads in the Premier League. So should we be surprised that people go down with muscle issues at this this time of year particularly if they're not they haven't been playing regularly so maybe their you know their bodies aren't up to rhythm and and i mean the one that really got me was scott dunn has been waiting for his chance yeah. to play center half and had done a decent job against brighton again um and then goes down on the blooming day before in, in training with a mm. calf problem which is now going to keep him out for the christmas period i mean that's that just sums up his luck at the moment you know what it is don't you it's typical palace. <laughs> um, I got a question here from John Jim Foster. Sorry, um, hi Jim. And it's something that I oh hi Jim. I've also been thinking about, which is he says second game in succession where we didn't really start playing until the second half. I think that's been a bit of a theme all season. How can we start the first half in the same way we've been playing the second? And can you imagine how far we'd go if we did have an effective goal scorer? I feel like, one, that is a theme all season. Two, it's a theme for us away at Newcastle. We, we always seem to start slowly. Last season we got into it and obviously Luca got that penalty late on after Wilf was fouled. But do we start slowly because we've got players playing out of position? Because we've got injuries? Because of the Roy, way Roy plays? You just can never imagine Roy giving a pre-match team talk where he's telling us to go at them. <laughs> Can you just? It's not really in his makeup. In the same way, there was once when Pardew did a um, an American uh, was it CBS or something. He did yeah. a, a little uh, documentary, and they they let him record his they let him record his pre match team talk. All right. Oh right. Oh my god! You no. See that? How, well, how was it? I don't I think they could see it, but you, they recorded it, so right. they they didn't show what how he did it, but you just heard him giving the sort of team talk that was geeing up. Right. In the same way, you can just never imagine Roy. Yeah. So it just feels a bit, it, you know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to try and score two goals in 20 minutes. Roy doesn't there play a game that way. There have been a few games right. like at home, at home. But is yeah. that a case of the players then just ignoring Roy's tactics and going, you know what, I'm just going to go for it? <laughs> I don't know. Roy, would, Roy knows the significance, particularly with this team, the, the significance of the first goal. I mean, it's very few occasions where Palace come back. I know they got a point against Brighton. They won at West Ham from a goal down. But the, the, this team is not built to claw back a deficit. No. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's there to hit teams on the counter when you've got a lead to preserve. Yeah. So I, I can't believe that Roy's going out there to saying, keep it quiet for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> for an away game at Newcastle, we, I know there probably wasn't 50,000 there. They're probably near 44, 45,000. But it's still a pretty intimidating yeah. place to go. And you'd expect the home team to be the urgent side at the, at the outset. And maybe, as Palace's tactic has been, yeah, we, we, we sit back, we wait, we wait, and we mm. then try and spring a Jordan or a Wolf on the, on the counter-attack. Mm. Um, it's just... If that, if, if that doesn't work, if it doesn't click, then it gives the impression that you're constantly under the cosh. Um, but the tactic is there, and that is probably Palace playing to their strengths at the moment. I think it's sometimes it just feels... Someone like PVA, for example, who you know is dangerous, he just feels like he's not allowed to cross the to really take a risk until later in the game. So and maybe it's just that's when you know... Like, say, the Old Trafford goal when we mm. won... You wouldn't see him do that for the for the, at least an hour into the game. It just feels like he's told to just slightly play cautiously. Again, that was away, so maybe that's it as well. I don't know. I mean, it does happen. We do get the odd like Brighton at home. You said last year, but and say I think Bournemouth at home, the five three is a good example to go. There's nothing at stake. <laughs> Bournemouth, just go for Bournemouth it. are going to be full of holes. Just go for it. Like, you can imagine that's an occasion where he says, "Go for it." Right. But also, I mean, this whole so we've got questions often at Homestale 16. It says, you know, what on earth is it with all this negativity? Officers, am I the only one who thought we played well? On another day, would have got at least a point. And happy Christmas to you all. Thanks, mate. Um, but two days beforehand, or four days beforehand, we'd robbed a point off Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and right. these things go round in, in circles, absolutely. don't they? And I don't think we can. We can't sit and and hear and and say, you know, Palace have been. Robbed horribly there because, quite frankly, that first half against Brighton, we, if we'd got in three 0 down, we couldn't have complained. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was it was humiliating at times, and and it must have been exasperating for the, for the management staff there. Um, so yeah, you know, swings and roundabouts, and it? one one point from those two games it could easily have gone the other way. We could have lost against Brighton and got a point at Newcastle. 
And we could have nicked it. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those games that equally, like last season, where, you know, you get a late penalty. You get, like, I mean, and then Newcastle. And one of my colleagues in The Athletic, um, who was covering Newcastle, wrote a big piece today about, you know, what, what is going on at Newcastle. They're, they're ninth in the league. There's no actual ongoing crisis at Christmas. They're, they're, they're in mid-table. But, and Steve Bruce is the and manager. Steve, yeah, but that's exactly the same could apply. To Crystal Palace. See Bruce, a Geordie in charge of his local team, yeah. safely mid-table. You know, they're not going to go down. They won't trouble the European places. Crystal Palace are in a pretty much the same situation. I mean, they invest well in, in, in January. Maybe they'll have a chance of thrusting themselves further up into the table. But the reality is they're probably going to steer clear of, of trouble throughout. And this is what happens with mid-table teams. Oh, it's take... nice to be called a mid-table team. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you take the last two games... Um, the result could have been different in both of them. We should have lost mm. against Brighton. We probably should have done better at yeah. Newcastle. But the difference was taking chances. So yeah. Wilf took his only sniff of goal, really, and I can't think of us having another great chance, apart from maybe that Tompkins header from a corner late on. Benteke late on sort of oh, went sorry, through. The, yeah, he did it, the bows with a cross as well. Oh, um, he did, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, but Wilf took his one and only chance. And, and then... Newcastle, we had three or four chances we probably should have done better with. So that's 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 not again, as you said earlier, it's not not anything different to what we've always had. And also, I mean, I guess in a way, there are positives from the fact that we played, we did play well. Like we've yeah. had this run of that. Go back to that run of hard five and a hard games. We came through that. And we didn't get battered and played well against Liverpool. We went into this run of easier games. We got the result against Burnley and against Bournemouth, and we played well at Newcastle. So I think we're almost sort of on course in a way, if, if there is such a thing. The frustration is that this run of more appealing fixtures has coincided with the injury crisis. I mean, yeah. Yeah, with a full strength squad going into these games, which I know is improbable, and you, you can argue that, that they left themselves open to it with their recruitment in the summer and didn't give themselves enough options in certain areas, and this was always likely to happen at some stage. But with a full strength squad, you'd looked at these games and thought you could easily string, you know, five, six wins out of nine in, in, out of this run of fixtures, and then you're virtually safe. Well, the, the reality is they, they can still do that. They've still got winnable games ahead. If they can get enough bodies on the pitch, they can still do that. And they can still, you know, by mid-January, when they think like Arsenal games in mid-January, they could still potentially have eight or nine Premier League wins on the under their belts. And, you know, that's pretty unprecedented even the year under yeah. Pardew when we we stopped we stopped winning around this time of year it was didn't we? now yeah yeah around now so you know that's it's for what for what the, the resources that the club have got and the, the horror Hodgson is working with I, th- I don't think we can complain too much so 12th place feels about right actually yeah also I did bring Martin Kelly into my fantasy team and uh, after four <laughs> clean sheets and five um <laughs> And me missing out on those points. I knew we wouldn't get a clean sheet at the weekend, so I apologise. Um, speaking of reinforcements, after the break, we're going to talk about transfers because January is round the corner. Uh, so thank you, those guys, for their questions. And after the break, of course, it is an article from our sponsors, The Athletic. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Um, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Christmas Eve podcast. Hey. Hey, indeed. Um, <laughs> it's part two, sponsored by The Athletic, a world-class team of writers, and I'm not just saying that because Dom is in the room, um, covering every club, including the best coverage, Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app, and they're completely ad-free. No ads, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And you guys know this by now, surely but I do have to say it. If you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. 
which is just £2.50 a month, which, as you said earlier, good Christmas present, Christmas present. for anyone that loves uh, good football writing and other sports as well, because you need to get access to all the NFL and American mm. stuff. So not a bad deal at all. Um, each week we use an article to uh, talk about Palace. And this week's article is by Mike Wisdom, and it's called Should Palace Plug the Gaps Now or Try to Build for the Future? And in it, Matt says, Palace will be adding players in January, thank God, um, but finding the right type of recruits to take the club forward while also fitting into Hodgson's system is not going to be easy, not for the right price, at least. That Hodgson explicitly called upon the American owners to release funds following last week's draw at Brighton was telling he's in a desperate need of reinforcements. That is also obvious when you look at what remains of his squad after injuries and suspensions are taken into account. Uh, but there appears to remain a disconnect between what is needed in the long term and what is needed for Hodgson to succeed now this season in the immediate future. Um, we've talked about transfers before, Dom, haven't we, and what Palace do need and they clearly do need a, at least one right back probably a left back a striker a winger that, I mean that's five already so there are immediate concerns for right now but how easy is it for a club to, like Palace to plan for the future when they keep stumbling over these injury crises that are, that are affecting the club you know in the near, immediately the weird thing is I don't think the injury crisis at the moment um is a, is a reason that isn't going to be the motivation for Palace going into the market next month. I mean, it might be, it might change maybe what they look for in terms of a loan. If if we're talking long long term injuries, long term absentees, and probably the longest would be probably Jeffrey Schlup. I think he's three to four months potentially. Um, but again, he's a utility player anyway, so that's not a massive massive issue. Um, <laughs> The, the the problem Palace have got is, and they acknowledge this, is they have a really, they have an aging squad. They have a squad that is is too old. Um, it's great in terms of the level of experience you bring in when you bring in a Cahill, you bring in a McCarthy, uh, and you've got a lot of players there who have worked at length with Hodgson over the last few years, and that will gain you a certain number of points per season. However, it will also, I guess. Um, the weariness, the the muscle injuries that have crept in of late, possibly that that is what happens. What you have to accept might happen when you've got an aging squad. So, so there is a conscious decision that has been made at Palace to recruit younger players and to bring that average age down. Um, so the recruitment department has gone out and the last couple of months has targeted fullbacks in particular who are, are young and are players of potential who might not make a massive impact in the first team squad if they bring brought in, in in January. They 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 could even stay at their clubs there at the moment on loan for the remainder of the season. That is plausible. That isn't you know that that, that wouldn't be something that Palace would normally object to if they're getting more game time potentially at those clubs. Um, now the disconnect that Matt talks about, I suspect, is between a manager who sees his contract ticking down towards the summer um, who we all expect to sign another year at the very least, but I think it's quite telling that that hasn't happened yet. Um, and a manager, therefore, that has a lot of long, uh, short-term needs in that he needs this team to get well clear of trouble and to get thrust themselves up into mid-table, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And his immediate problem, I think, his priority would be he needs a goal scorer. He needs somebody that's going to come in and and do what Batshuayi did last season. Um, and give them a bit of cutting edge. But Palace might not be able to get a young goal scorer in January. They might have to do that move in the summer. They might be able to get a winger who's 27, 28 years old, possibly on loan, possibly on a free transfer, possibly spending five to ten million pounds on uh, in, in January. That That is feasible. I'm sure that they have options in that department. They might be able to get young fullbacks in who are the, the long-term future of Crystal Palace, but, but Hodgson is looking at it now and thinking, well, my biggest need at the moment is forward recruits. That's what I want. I don't have faith in Benteke. Jordan Ayew has given as much as we could have expected of him, a £2 million signing. I need forwards. I need strikers. And that's, that's legitimate. But there is, there is, that is where it grates. That is where the long-term planning and the short-term need for goals to get Palace safely into mid-table great and also i mean the january market jesse we know is famously difficult to get value for money and when it's so obvious as well 
It's like when you know, Spurs sold Gareth Bale and everyone knew they had like 70 million to spend and all the prices went up. When Palace know, people know that Palace need a striker, the prices are going to go up surely in an already inflated market in January. So, and especially with them targeting young people and there's a premium on young players as well, especially if they're from this country. It's basically impossible, isn't it, to find anyone decent for a decent price? I made the mistake of looking at the championship top scorers the other day just because it was out of, uh, out of touch with where, what the numbers were there. I saw Mitrovic at the top with 17 goals. And I don't know how many he got last year in the Premier League. Probably must have just about hit double figures or yeah, thereabouts. a couple. But he just makes, you know, I just don't think we've... It's, just, it's so easy to say this, I know, but I don't think we've ever taken advantage of the fact that six or seven seasons of staying up, you look at who's gone down, who was a good asset that we could poach. I just don't think we've ever done things like that. And it sounds obvious and it sounds easier than it is. Mm. But it never even had been a sniff of us trying things like that. And you'd like to think that we would have gone after Mitrovic. I don't think that's fair. I think they have looked at that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mitrovic. Did we just not hear about it? Uh, Roy Hodgson spoke to the Supporters Trust a few weeks back and made the, the very valid point that if, if you go into the championship and, and cherry-pick the best players... It's £30 million a pop. Mm. Our record signing is £27 million. And we're not happy with him either, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, Mitrovic had a very good season in the Premier League last season. was one of the few plus points about Fulham's campaign. Um, And signed a new long-term contract in the summer. So you're talking minimum £30 if Fulham even counted as a sale. Where Palace might have missed out is, is taking that risk. In the summer... Look at Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins has a £10 million buyout clause in his contract mm. at, at Brentford. Does he? For, no, he did uh, in the so summer. He, he did. And it, went, it expired at a certain point. Palace looked at him yeah. and, and looked at his goal-scoring record in recent seasons and quite rightly thought, well, £10 million is for us is quite a lot of money yeah. and that's probably a bit too much to pay for him. So, you know, you get him for 6 or £7 million, brilliant, but Brentford weren't interested. Brentford are a, Brentford's recruitment puts most of... English football to shame they, they pick up some absolute gems for very little money, a lot of them from France um, and they only sell those players when the time is right for them to sell those players so Mepham goes to Bournemouth when they decide that that's the right time yeah. Mopé goes yeah. to Brighton when they decide that okay, now is his time and they tell these players when they join we will sell you when the time is right they will have told Wally Watkins that now after he signed the new contract but, but Watkins has been prolific in the championship. He'll go for 25 million plus at some point. But it won't be to us. Well, it would be if we were willing to pay yeah, that. Yeah. But, but Barama's another one, a very, very talented winger from, from Brentford, who, again, they will sell when the time is right. But they don't anticipate that being in, in January. And, you know, if Palace... <laughs> yeah, if Palace want these players, they're going to have to pay a premium for them, like anyone else will. Um, but that, that approach to, to buying players and that scouting, to me, sounds really common sense. That, that every club should be doing that. So why well, they are. So why aren't Palace doing that? They are. We're caught in a they are. The Palace are, are making... I mean, look, they, might have, they, made a, they may have made a mistake on Watkins, I mean, potentially. Although we don't know that. We all thought... I remember somebody asked me in the summer, Che Adams, why didn't we go for Che yeah. Adams? He's yeah. done nothing. Yeah, he's he done in, absolutely well, he was nothing. He was another one in my fantasy team, so yeah. it's probably my fault. <laughs> my fault again. condemned all these players. <laughs> but we were caught between a rock and a hard place because take away everything you've said into account, add to the fact that we've given Benteke a new contract because he's a depreciating asset, but he's an asset. And we don't want to be seen to be throwing 30 million away. So you've got to kind of protect that to some degree. Yeah. Although, who's going to buy him? What they, people, anyone who, any prospective buyer doesn't know what they're buying with Benteke. I think I said last week, you could just imagine throwing him into a different setup like Burnley, like Chris Woods. He would score goals. It just feels plug and play. Simple, yeah. Simple, plug and play. You know, it just seems simplistically that would work. Yeah. But you, there's no telling. And then you add to that something like, let's not forget how sort of mind-numbingly crazy it felt to see Sorlock go out on loan and not feel that vacancy it felt very odd but mm. the, not that he was any type of asset well, exactly and, and it, <laughs> there was no one complaining really <laughs> that you know Sorloth has has gone off the traps on Spore and they've got a guaranteed six million euro um, fee that, that, that traps on Spore pay in January 2021 20, as a two-year loan um, and at the time, that felt like a good deal. At the same time, it was also, we're getting into the season with a blank number nine shirt. I know AU took it, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, that just feels crazy that we haven't filled that hole. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I mean, look, they, I, think, <laughs> I think Roy's made it pretty obvious that he, 
he would have liked to have seen a striker come in. But for whatever reason, in the summer, that investment wasn't there. Um, even on the back of Wan-Bissaka's yeah. outgoing transfer fee. as well. And it's, that, I think, comes down to, that came down to uncertainty over the ownership and, it, and the fact that the, you know, they had all these grand plans for the academy and they still got the grand plans for the stadium. And, and it just meant that they also have a huge wage bill. Mm. Uh, they probably just had to be slightly more conservative in their, their spending than they should have been. And, and they, I imagine there will be a certain amount of regret there on that, particularly when you see that, you know, we haven't scored the goals that are required to sort of make yourself completely watertight in this division. I think I was gonna I was gonna say you could bring this turn this into a real typical palace uh moment. Ding, ding, because ding, ding. Uh, um the goals were coming from Milivojevic last year. You think about how many goals he probably had this time last year. Well he scored the most in a season yeah. from the penalty spot yeah. in and the yet, Premier League. And yeah. yet we've we've not had him on top we all thought we were with VAR. We all thought, oh, Luke, Luke <laughs> yeah, another one in my everyone. team. Luke is going to smash it from the spot. So we've not had the goals coming. He's not been plugging the the gap in terms of uh, offering up goals. Yet we've still done really well with our points. What are they calling? Well, we've just kept clean sheets and, yeah. t- we're, and we're taken in a much better yeah. position this time <laughs> yeah. than we were this time last year. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. But, but people are actually. I suppose it's raised expectations. It's people picking holes quite rightly. I mean, it's an imbalanced squad. We know that it's an imbalanced squad. They need to. They've made mistakes. To your to your point about it's quite telling that Roy hasn't signed that contract. Do you and him coincidentally at the same time speaking up quite you know uncharacteristically about? He even said, "I can't fill the gap with loan players." Mm. He did mm. say that. And uh, do you think? What do you make of all that? I, well, I can I add a question onto that? Because we've got a yeah. question from Isaac Church who says quite simply, "Will Roy walk if money isn't spent in January?" By walking, do you mean he will walk away at the end of his contract? I mean that, that is he could do that. I don't think he wants to. I think he, I don't think Roy Hodgson. If Roy Hodgson left Crystal Palace into the season, I suspect that he would try and get another job before retiring, just because of the, the man he is. Yeah, he's he's settled. I think he has to convince Ray Willington each year to come back and do it again. Really? But they, it doesn't take a lot of persuasion. Um, I look. The weird thing about Roy is that he's had these gripes in each of the summers that he's been at Palace, um, and probably through many of the winters as well in terms of incomings. Uh, and he sticks he sticks at it um, because he probably looks at the squad and thinks, well, look, if, if I can get... I can get a tune out of these boys. I, I can do that. He spoke, he spoke about, um, again, at that trust meeting, which was actually brilliant. I'd recommend anyone going along to that if it happens again next season. But... He, he he spoke at length about how he he looked at this squad and, and this group of players and actually he thinks he could get he certainly can get a tune from this season and probably beyond. So I talk about aging squads etc. He he won't want to lose the experience within that setup and you know it's no coincidence that Cahill signs a two year deal. He doesn't he's not he's not yeah. there on one. It's yeah. a, he he does see some longevity in that but. But yeah, he, but everybody looks at it and knows they need they need more energy and they need more dynamism. They need more, they need younger legs. So it's a case for because we've got a few questions. Mike Clark, one of our patrons, says off the back of the feeling that we need both a right back and a left back, would adding the latter allow PVA to be more of a attacking option, either from the start or the bench, or should a right back be more like him and more of a wing back? But from what you're saying, it sounds like it's less about the positions, although they're important, and more about the age of the player that comes in. Well, yeah, and the reality is that I mean, Tarek Mitchell is is quite well thought of, but he—I mean, he—he's another one who was injured at the weekend. Otherwise, he might have been in contention. <laughs> but uh, there's no cover. There's no cover at left back, and the, you know we've got Martin Kelly, who's been an excellent centre half of late for Palace, playing at right back because there's no cover at right back either. So by bringing in kids there, I mean, look, I think they—they they may look at Mitchell. They may look at. They may have looked at um, the fact they had PVA and Schluck for a while uh, and thought, OK, if we did sign a left-back, maybe we could loan him back to the club that we bought him from. But actually now, it's more likely that they would want any player that comes in to be at the club for the rest of the season. But they, they just need cover. It's an imbalanced squad. They, we know they're overloaded in centre-half, centre despite the fact that we have no centre-halves. Um, they, they're overloaded <laughs> at centre-half and they're overloaded in central midfield, but they don't have any options anywhere else. And the elephant in the room, which we haven't mentioned yet is what happens if Chelsea 
come forward and offer £8 million pounds for Wilfred Zaha. Well, we did have some questions about Wilf this week, and I haven't included them because we talk about Wilf every week on the podcast. But that but is, that, is that likely then? How long I, I, I would be hugely surprised if that happened. Now that their ban has been lifted. Uh, how long is Townsend out for? Do we know? Well, it's long term. I mean, I think initially it was said six weeks, but I mean, he's, he's been posting pictures of him in rehab somewhere warm. Sunbathing with a cast I just thought that might be a contributing factor to Wilf definitely not going this window if Townsend's out. Yeah. The, yeah, the weird thing about the Wilf situation is I, I don't. It, Palace don't have any desire to sell now, but neither can Palace rule out a sale because. If somebody did do the improbable and offered their asking price, or what has been made obvious is their asking price, and then I don't think they would be... And contractually, they would be able to stop Will from leaving, but his relationship with, with the club and with supporters, I, I, I don't think they could stand in his way. And in, in some ways, if Palace had, if Palace had 30 points by mid-January... And somebody came in offering £80 million, pounds, and there's even less reason to keep him. Um, I mean, let's hope that doesn't happen. And I, I still look at Joe. We, went, we had some time with Frank last week at, down in Cobham, and he was talking more urgently about buying a centre-half than he was right. a forward. But then, you know, when he's spoken publicly, he's made no secret of the fact that he wants a replacement for Eden Hazard. And, you know, Wolf doesn't have the productivity of an Eden Hazard, but he plays off the left. He's a menace. He, he occupies markers. He's exactly what <laughs> Hazard is in, in terms of reputation, but maybe not in you know in, in productivity. He's felt as much as Hazard. As yeah, exactly. Yeah, and as brilliant as it, the Chelsea youngsters have done, you, you would suspect he'd be afraid they'd run out of steam over a long season. And, and, and prior to you know the Tottenham Hotspur stadium on Sunday, it looked as if they had run out of steam. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I guess that is that is the, the, there is a, weirdly the, the sort of hope for Palace is that Ruben Loftus Cheek comes back to full fitness at Chelsea in January, which is the anticipated date. Now he's been out all season with an Achilles problem, picked up at the end of last season, and and the very fact that Chelsea want to want to give him game time and he plays off the left nominally might mean that. Uh, any move, any interest in Zaha is shelved. Blimey, so we're relying on Ruben to save us again. Um, <laughs> right, you can read that article uh, by Matt Woosnam. It's called Should Palace Plug the Gaps Now or Try to Build for the Future at The Athletic? And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Um, after the break, we've got questions from our listeners. This summer, go to the movies. Projected on the side of a mountain. Discover a new favorite restaurant. Your campsite. Find yourself when you lose your signal. Discover a new playlist. Mother Nature. Make your summer special at the Kia Summer Sales Event with a dependable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4 Kia for details. Always drive safely. Event N7523. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Christmas Eve podcast. Really? You guys feeling more Christmassy? Definitely. It's yeah. mulled wine, definitely. It's the mulled wine, of course it is. Are you ready for, before we do questions from our listeners, are you ready for some more hashtag CPSC Xmas Palace puns? I haven't got any more. <laughs> I've saved the best ones <laughs> what for have you here. Got? What have you got, Jim? So, um, Daniel Skipsey has Daniel. got um, Jerry Queen's speech. Yeah. Yeah, we like that. Yeah. Take that. Ben Watts on telly, which, nah. which goes with the Queen's speech. I quite like that as well. Um, David at Virgin Art has gone for James McCarve the turfy, Turkey. Mm. <laughs> I can't like that one. What's right? Uh, Rain Houston has gone Ashley Cole, but Cole spelled C O A L. Jesse is not impressed. Um, Steve Totterdell has gone with Dan Danny Brandy Butterfield. No, okay. Ed Quotheran, uh, I've got his name wrong in, in the past, I apologize. Gone for Aaron Wan Bissantasaka. No. Selhurst <laughs> <laughs> Exile, My I've gone life. for Wayne <laughs> Henner Season To Be Jolly. Mm. No, no, Jesse's not jolly with these. Um, and then at uh, Jim's name, has got another one that says, If the owners are allowed, can I have David Blitzen? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah? Yeah. I've got one more for you then, Jesse. Go All on. right, hopefully I'll get, I'll get you with this one. And it's from John Curran. 
pod legend. He's put Jingle Cells. Jingle Cells, eh? <laughs> like that. Jingle Cells. He had another good one, Twinkle Twinkle Little Zaha. Nice. Which I quite like. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Not Christmassy, but yeah. And what about, actually, we did the, the, a couple last year as well. <laughs> uh, Alex Winter Wonderland. Hi, Alex. That's, yeah. that's an old... Mm, no, yeah. that's not who sent it in. That's oh, sorry, the, the Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> Wayne Sproutledge. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was Into a personal favourite. Yeah. That was fantastic. Gyro Feeder World. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Uh, thank you for all those. Oh, Reith Anderson. Come on. Reith. Reith Anderson. Reith Anderson. Reith Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you to everyone that sent those in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, do, let's just try and do better good, next year. Good filler. Good Shall stocking we? filler. Yeah, yeah, good there, you go. there, there we go. There we go. Good. Um, that's a candle again. <laughs> right. I liked them all for reference. Um, question time. T- uh, Timmy161. Hi, Timmy. Has put after last week's successful new sounding pod, has the pod turned a corner? We, there's never a week we don't get a question like that. Um, Joe, who's one of our patrons, and I was going to put this in to the last part, um, but I'm going to chuck it in now. Um, says, do the young players actually benefit from travelling with the team and not getting anywhere near a sub appearance? There's quite a few in the last few weeks, haven't there? Been obviously Tyrek Mitchell, we mentioned mm. James Daly, who was obviously the number two James Daly at Palace. Yeah. Um, who else was on the uh, Sam Woods? He's been on bench Pierre, a few times. Pierrick was on the bench, isn't he? Yeah, I what? think they probably do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is that is a sort of a, a established a tactic. Um, to get people feeling as if they they belong, I think you talk to talk to players like they, you know who are well into their professional careers. They talk about those travelling with the with the first team and being part of the first team squad. I mean, whether that's training. I mean, we all remember the Wambasaka story being taken over across the road from yeah. from the academy just to make up the numbers and impressing. I and mean, that's that is an opportunity for them. Um, I'd be very surprised if over the Christmas period one of those players doesn't get a cameo on the pitch. Yeah, uh, through, uh, through desperation more than anything, or yeah, possibly. Hopefully, when we're five nil up and we don't really. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have we've had a few questions about injuries, Jesse, and obviously we spoke about it in part one. And Andy Gaskell, hi Andy, has asked, um, why do we moan about injuries in a small squad when we name the same eleven every week and don't utilise subs slash fresh legs? Um, and I would question that because it feels like we've had a different back four potentially every, every week, week. Yeah. this season. Again, maybe more through um, necessity than anything. I think Roy, given the options of a full squad, would probably pick the same back four, possibly the same eleven. Um, but is that fair from from Andy? I think you're going to get this increasingly if this injury crisis continues or worsens. And Roy just doesn't let up with trying to spread around the game time because, and then more injuries happen. It's going to become a vicious circle. So I don't know. We just got. I just feel like we've really had the injury. You traditionally get this injury spat because of Christmas, not pre-Christmas. <laughs> you just really got to hope we don't, it doesn't worsen in the next few games. We've got three, four games in a week. Yeah. Um, I think we're brainwashed yeah. into thinking we we all we hear about and and I'm guilty of this because I write some of it but the um the elite <laughs> clubs have big squads. Yeah. The elite clubs rotate their players. They bring players in for midweek cup games, for midweek league games, etc. They use the resources at their disposal because they end up playing over 60 games a season. Crystal Palace with the greatest respect could end this season playing 40 matches if the FA Cup goes badly against Derby. I suspect that Roy Hodgson would look at that and think, well, you know, why should I? If, that, if that's clearly what I consider to be my best 11, 40 matches these guys can get through. If they were all fit, they'd play the lot. I mean, okay, injuries come in, and, and and the frustration is maybe when you when you look at the substitutions and the, the lateness of them, and, you, and they look more reactive than proactive. Yeah, I can see that. But then you may not have the same level of trust in those players that we're asking him to throw on. I mean, there's a reason he's not picked Camarasa this mm. season, and, and it's obvious. Yeah, he clearly doesn't have a level of trust in those Absolutely. players. Um, and Max Meyer does make an impact on occasion, and we do highlight that when he does. He, he, he was brilliant against Brighton when he came on, but but let's remember how bad Palace had been before he came on, so it wasn't actually that difficult to improve that performance. Um I, 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 I just think we're brainwashed because we we see the big clubs 
rotating players all the time. We're told they're always asked about it in the press conferences. Are you going to rotate? You know, there's always a bit of a controversy. One of the big stars sits out a game. Palace aren't in that situation. They're not playing 60 matches a season uh, or more. They're, pl- they're potentially playing 40, 41, 42. Well, I know, but also everyone everyone's got a 25 man squad. Yeah. So well, Palace, like... actually, weirdly, a lot, a lot of them don't because they they make the numbers up with young kids, yeah. as in academy players who might be on the verge of the first team, whatever. And I don't think Palace have got 25 in there. No, Selzy always goes on about the number, and it is fewer than yeah. than 25. And obviously, with the injuries, it's it's a lot fewer. On Maya, Jesse, mm. and again, someone we get asked about a lot. Mike Clark. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike, Hi, who Mike. is uh, one of our patrons who I met at the patron <laughs> Christmas drink l- last week. Very nice guy, although I did have a few too many to say a bit late. Um, <laughs> says, um, do you think Roy only sees Max as an impact sub? I only seem to introduce him when we go behind. And I was talking to Selzy about this the other day. Um, I, my theory is that Maya only works as an impact sub. And the few times he has started, he's not Im- impressed. Mm. Um, and then actually, there is a role for some players where they are players that just come off the bench and change things up a little bit like he did against Brighton you know, mm. the other day. So actually, maybe it's not an insult to not start him. It's just saying, look, your strength is coming off the bench and, and changing things, ideally, in the right match when it's not going away or whatever against the right sort of team. And actually, there is just a role for it. Like, you know, like in NFL, when they've been the kicker on to, uh, to score the end zone touchdown thing I'm not into NFL I should know about that should I? <laughs> yeah, but you can read about it <laughs> oh, um, it, it, you know is that a point that actually maybe he just serves serves that role I, I, I just don't think anyone really knows for sure Max I think I think I said this last week I think our mid central midfield combination is just going to be the topic of discussion all year because we, you saw how we started the season looking a bit top heavy in that area on paper, the Camarasa was the kind of exciting signing at that point. But it just feels like there was, there's always going to be a lot of conjecture here. Luke, I think, is getting a little bit of a bad rap unfairly. I think mm. he's, he's such a solid player for us. He came in and he's just been a mainstay for us. You no, couldn't consider him anything but one of the first names on the sheet. But I just think this is going to be like this all season, about who is the midfield three. Um, I don't really know what to, what to say about Max, because he's... Yet what we've seen him do consistently is be replace a tired MacArthur. <laughs> That's yeah. the way I look at him. Yeah, because I think Jimmy Mack really really looks like he can do ninety minutes. Or even though I love I do love him as a player, I just feel like the midfield situation is just going to be a, sub, a constant subject of uh, turmoil amongst Palace well, fans. I mean, for me, it would be schlup, schlup, and schlup. <laughs> e- easy, easy midfield. Very. I would say that's a hipster's choice, but it's hipster problem at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Very good. Better than any of those puns he had earlier. Um, what I mean, what what do they, what do we do with Max? What, what happens? Well, I mean, it's not outlandish to suggest that if <laughs> I was going to write about this on Boxing Day, <laughs> well, look, it's not. If somebody came in and said, "Look, we'll take, we'll 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 pay his wages." And we'll take him on loan for six months. You can see that. Yeah. yeah. He's on 80 grand a week. Um, it would That would offer Palace a bit more leeway in the market. I don't know whether that'll happen. I mean, there are not many clubs out there outside this country that would pay 80 grand a week. And he's certainly, he's not, I don't think many clubs out there at the moment would pay a, a big fee for him because he's just not done it at Palace. Well, um, a club still back in Germany that sort of with his past reputation still probably rate him maybe you know, more than... I don't know whether they be able to pay the wage though that's the problem and I, I, I think I think clubs are particularly in Germany I think clubs are a bit better than that now they don't go on reputation mm. um, but you know we'll see I look it's uh, that's conjecture on my part I, I it's I don't know if there's any interest out there but I just he's he's, a, he's playing a bit part role I can't imagine he's happy doing that he's that's not why he came to England um, and should a club like Crystal Palace be paying 80 grand a week to somebody who's Playing, getting on the pitch one and three, and only playing fifteen, twenty minutes at most each on each occasion. Probably not. So, it, it, look, I think I just, unless things turn dramatically, um, I can imagine that that relationship will will go its separate ways at some point in the near future, whether that's in 
January more likely in the summer I would have thought it's a shame though because I think like, I mean I've been very harsh on Meyer in this podcast but I think we can all see he's talented yeah. and, and in an idea would I'd love him to be in, in that number 10 position pulling the strings and you know running the game each week we don't week, play just, hand, just, do we yeah, we, just we don't, don't, we don't play no. that way and it just yeah. hasn't happened we were just so sorely crying out for a, a suitable replacement for Kabai and it's just not ever looked like that so that's been the the disappointment of, of his signing but a problem, I mean again it goes out of physicality doesn't yeah. it Kabai actually he got booked most games, I think. Mm. I mean, he, he put a nasty tackle in. Yeah. It was like his Meyer leg was about three inches too short for yeah. the tackles he went in for. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Kabai. Um, okay, um, It Tricky B says, um, hi Ricky, uh, marks out of 10 for the season so far. Because we're halfway through now, aren't we? Are we? Yeah, we're halfway through. I, 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 I should have done my research. Well, almost. It's nine, we've done, have, have we had 18? 18, so 19 yeah. games. West Ham halfway through. I'd like to know how many points we had this time last year. I, I imagine it would be 12, 13, 14. Yeah, I, think we've, I think we got, we did have a good little run because we beat City. Yeah, and Leicester, didn't we, yeah, yeah. in December, so maybe we had slightly more. Well, this isn't the most points we've had at this point, is it? No. Second most, the, isn't it? Second yeah. behind the, that party yeah. season. I think we ended the year on 18 because I was think I was, I was looking at the six wins pre-Christmas, six wins after Christmas, and you're safe. Yeah. And I think we kind of got the equivalent of that. So Mark's out of 10 then? For, for what? we've got and it hasn't been pretty watching but I'd say eight because you know we don't look like a team that's going to go down yep yeah, it's definitely seven or eight because we've just got points on the board early mm. just really hope the industry, injury, injury crisis doesn't make us regress and end January looking desperate for signings because we've come to a screeching halt that would be the typical pass it would be typical <laughs> yeah I think for me it's probably a seven um <laughs> Uh, Rob Rob Axel says, Hi, Rob. "How many of Chaz Lucas's questions are answered on this pod? None. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Don't, don't think you sent me in. Um, and in fact, before we move on to, we got some Christmas themed questions. Of course, um, Ashley Perry, nineteen ninety seven, says, "Is coming off the back of getting something from a dire performance against our biggest rivals to then dominating away from home and losing to a last minute goal from the only striker in the Premier League with the worst goal scoring record than Benteke, the most typical Palace thing we've ever done? <laughs> I uh, think it is." Possibly, or um, on a slightly different note, it would be it was pretty typical Palace to play Brighton and not be able to fill the kids' seats next to us on a night match, as you touched on the other day. That was a bit frustrating, mm. but yeah, I'm pretty, there's just a lot of typical Palace scenarios out there. But yeah, we'll take the latest one. <laughs> yeah, there is quite a lot. Um, are you ready for some Christmas themed? Yeah, I think we might as well be. <laughs> That's actually totally to prep for this bit. Uh, Julian Chenery. <laughs> Hi, Julian. Hello, Julian. Hey. Well played, lads. Um, says, uh, what Christmas presents would you give to the following? Roy. Um, <laughs> I well, obviously a striker for Roy, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say a nice Christmas jumper, but probably... I think you'd probably prefer a striker. <laughs> 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 Alright, we'll go with both. A fox um, in the box, that's what he needs. A proper fox in the box. Yeah. yeah. Steve Parrish? What would Steve want for Christmas? Probably Planning permission? <laughs> Planning permission, yeah. <laughs> I reckon an airfix kit. Some yeah. sort of so you can build Selhurst Park for twenty fifty yeah, <laughs> and uh the Mark yeah. the Mark Bright stand. Yeah. That's definitely happening. Wilf. Oh dear. Chelsea shirt. <laughs> oh. Um Get him another, a Christmas card from Martin Atkinson. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah, do Excellent. that. Excellent. And then he's also put JD, but there's nothing I want for this world. Um, <laughs> ben Allen has put in a Christmas-themed version of A Christmas Carol, which Palace players, managers, owners, past or present, would play the principal roles? I've got a suggestion for you. Connor Wickham as Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Although, however, he dies, doesn't he? Oh, oh no! Oh, the, in, the injured version of Tiny Tim. Only in one scenario, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's like that's uh, if things carry on the way they are. <laughs> yeah. Any other, any other suggestions? Um, well, I, I, initially, I, obviously, Ron Nodes and Scrooge sort of seemed to make sense, but um, but then Ron Nodes, I don't think Ron Nodes would have returned completely <laughs> in, in, in the sun. <laughs> in the have a forty million pound striker? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you'd have you'd obviously have to put Parish as Scrooge just based on all the transfer chat we just had um, 
and that's harsh, poor Steve. Yeah. That's harsh. I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not. I'm not part of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, purely, purely terrorist, terrorist point of view. Um, uh, with Simon Jordan as Marley coming to give yeah, him that's, shade. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah, the Ghost yeah, of Christmas Past. And then um, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine that. Yeah, definitely. And then Ghost of Christmas Past would have to be a previous manager, like. Um, De Burr mm. yeah just, and then maybe Ghost of Christmas Future is a scary one isn't it so that, yeah. that could be a sort of Brendan Guilfoyle Simon Patterson administrator oh god that's, you've gone really dark <laughs> yeah there. I know sorry <laughs> or, or, <laughs> who was the other one that was oh, what was the fella from as well. what was the fella from Agilo that Simon Jordan wrote about in the, in the book about basically oh, putting yeah. Palace to the wall he'd, he'd be decent <laughs> <laughs> Why you gone really dark there? Sorry. Merry Happy Christmas, Christmas everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Uh, thank you very much for those. Do you know what? Tweet us with your suggestions. All narrated by Roy Hodgson. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Shame. Kevin Day would have liked that gig, mm. I think. But um, uh, tweet us your suggestions for Christmas presents and Christmas Carol. Might do that on uh, on Twitter. Christmas Carol characters. Um, after the break, we're going to preview two games because it is the Christmas period and there are all these games packed in West Ham and Southampton. Welcome back to the five-year plan Christmas Eve podcast. Hey. Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Are we Christmas. feeling more Christmassy now towards the end of the pod? Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. Apart from Dom's Christmas carol suggestions. I'm really sorry. Brought the mood down. That's Dickens. It wasn't me. <laughs> right. Um, two games over Christmas. Uh, West Ham at home, Southampton away. They fall into this run of games that we keep talking about, Dom, don't they? These winnable run of games uh, although Southampton did get a very good result uh, at the weekend at Aston Villa another team who were getting dragged into it but are, are these two games that really we should be targeting three points from and you know looking to end the year strong of course yeah absolutely but uh, let's look at the reality West Ham United have had a week off They've got, they'll go into this two weeks fresh of course yeah. they'll, they're, that's, that will count against Palace Palace walking wounded um, I think that makes that game West Ham seem to raise their game every time they come to Celeste um, so that makes that game very tricky. Mikel Artonio either scores winners yeah. or gives us the ball to yeah. score well, a winner. Yeah, well, that's great. But what an impact he makes when he plays for them. Um, Pellegrini's still a manager under pressure. Um, he's finally belatedly had, had Antonio to, to call upon, and he does make a huge difference to them. Felipe Anderson's gone... Yeah, twenty-seven years or something without a goal, so he's bound to score. Um, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's a really difficult. Boxing Day fixture that one and one that you just wish you had a fully fit squad to, to attack I and mean, thank, thankfully Mamadi Sacco is back oh, yeah, um, course, yeah. so we won't have to have Chick Kiwato playing centre-half anymore and he'll be needed in midfield probably although he's, he's done he's done very well I mean Jesse all yeah. I've got for my note here is just rotation question mark <laughs> but it's not really a case of rotation it's more a case of who's available Philip mm. Anderson's just gone completely missing hasn't he this year absolutely yeah. and I remember I honestly think he was the toughest opponent I saw Wan-Bissaka face last year I mean, in both games yeah. Yeah. he had Wan-Bissaka guessing about whether to come or go and he would just switch it which is amazing balls just switching it to mm-hmm. the other side and yeah I just I don't know what's happened to them it's really odd um, but yeah Pellegrini must be he must be feeling this is a real last throw of the dice because January's coming yeah. he's got to get results hasn't he but they got a good results at Southampton recently yeah. so I, mean, I think they will they will approach it with a certain amount of confidence and so we'll have to be wary but you know they're, they're, they're down there for a reason so there is a vulnerability there but as you say in true West Ham style it looks like they'll turn up <laughs> ready for a game <laughs> against us because I think only, I only remember us beating them once in recent years when Allardyce is a Chamac weird goal we beat them with yeah, one, was, one nil oh, that's yeah, right yeah, was it Pulis was Pulis that one yeah, of Pulis' was first, yeah. first win possibly first home win maybe now. yeah it was around then it's way yeah. back I mean it's way back they, they, they had, had the better of us yeah um, so we're expecting Sacco to come come back in yeah I'd be amazed if he didn't I mean Kiate as I said w- would have probably sat out last weekend uh, with this knock so they have got options in midfield. I imagine he'd want to play against his former club, but they, but they, you know, there, there, McCarthy could come in potentially and, and start midfield if he doesn't start. There are options there. Do we think that um, he'll continue with Benteke up top? I mean, he's done okay, isn't he? In the last few games, anyway, he hasn't think, scored. Obviously, he hasn't yeah. scored, but he's, he's done okay. I think he's been all right. He's just he's looked quite useful. He he put that ball in for Wilf for that chance against Newcastle. He's he's been good at doing that, just creating chances for others, if not 
looking dangerous himself. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't can't imagine him falling out of the side. And then Southampton. Yeah, which and they're very inconsistent. So you don't. I mean, they they lose at home to West Ham, but then they go and wallop Aston Villa. Um, they lose nine at home, but then nick a couple of two-one wins, which keeps them out of trouble. But it's it'll be tricky, but I think there will have to be some kind of some kind of rotation there. I mean, they're, they're not a lot of options, but you can refresh that midfield potentially. You you, you could. <laughs> I guess I hope it doesn't go against everything we just said, but you you could offer Maya an opportunity, possibly in a game like that. Mm. Um, but you're basically still, I suppose, you're still looking at the back line. You think you've got you've got to rely on the same people, and you're just hoping that the the hamstrings and the calves all sort of get through the West Ham game. Allows you two days later is brutal, isn't it? I saw their three. Was it three one? They won. Yeah. Villa. Yeah. I saw that. That's so typical. They just start coming some good yeah. form. Just Danny this Ings is is on fire. He's playing brilliantly. So and he always seems to play quite well against us. If I'm running, I am thinking of putting him in my fantasy team though. So <laughs> well, if I do, do that for yeah. the Saints, Palace <laughs> yeah, game, please play him, Jim. I'll put him in and. That'll yeah. be my little way of uh, contributing. <laughs> um, can I round off with a, a sort of question we've had? It's a statement, sort actually, from a guy called Quentin Solden, who said, not a question, but a statement of thanks. And I want to throw it out to you guys as well, for and anyone that's been on the podcast uh, this year. He said, I've had a rotten couple of years due to a marriage breakdown, etc., and listening to your pods has lifted me every time. I really look forward to the red and blue banter, courtesy of FYP. And thank you... To all of you, wholeheartedly, for your incisive and hilarious comment on the team I love. Happy Christmas and Palace for the Cup in 2020. Isn't that a nice message? Merry Christmas, nice. Quentin. Merry Christmas. Merry Absolutely. Christmas. Thank you. That's, thanks for that. That's really nice to receive that. And um, yeah, all the best to you, Quentin. And all our listeners, we hope you have a wonderful Christmas and all the best for the new year. And who, who knows? Maybe it's Palace. Maybe we'll go back to Wembley in 2020. We haven't got the squad for it. <laughs> it's Rooney's first game. No, it's not Rooney's first game, is it? Against One of his first. Oh, yeah. Derby. Yeah. He's a busted flush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was overrated. Um, Dom, thanks for joining us. On Pleasure. The pod. Thanks for having me. Happy Love Christmas. It. Yeah, you too. And uh, stick with the jumper. It's, um, it's all right. I like it. Jesse, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, JD. Oh, Merry that was Christmas, an awkward Dom. high five. Thankfully, <laughs> this is not video, it's audio. Um, thank you for your questions and uh, for all your support this year. There will be one more pod towards the end of this year, uh, end of year, end of decade pod. Mm. Oh, my God. Um, and, of course, at patreon.com forward slash FOB podcast, there'll be post-match pods for West Ham and Saints. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great Christmas. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Podcast Network.